0: Welcome to the Thinking Like a Boss podcast. I'm your host, Kate Krakow, author, therapist, and business mindset coach. In just 20 minutes a week, I'm gonna coach you to your breakthrough, whether you're folding laundry, walking the dog, or in the school pickup line. It's hard to chase your dreams, chase clients, and chase littles at the same time. Your inner critic doesn't have to hold you back anymore together we'll make you the boss of your brain so you can become the confident boss of your business and your life ready for your weekly mindset makeover let's turn your limiting beliefs into limitless opportunity starting now welcome to episode 186 of the thinking like a boss podcast this week we are here to talk all things homeschool so again i have no idea you you guys remember where i was before right I always had a plan. Um I always had a structure with the podcast and it was just how we did things. However, now that I've been in this sort of limbo place in my business, in life, um I you know, really said I was giving the podcast up, but something sparked and a lot of you were asking for episodes and asking questions, um and I figured why not just do a couple of recordings every now and then to share what's on my heart or share where we're at as a family. Um, and I really miss talking to you guys. You guys know how much I loved podcasting. It was my heart and soul. And it's even more so I'd say than writing. I miss podcasting. I miss just being able to talk and just share what's been going on. Um, so I thought what might be helpful today is just to share a little bit about our homeschool journey. I know I've shared part of it on here, but I think it's helpful to hear just people's point of view and like what what are the pros, what are the cons, what's worked, what hasn't worked, where we see ourselves going in the future. So without further ado, let's just get started. So um, we officially started February of 2022. Um, So it's been a little bit over a year, and that's when I pulled the girls out of their nursery school pre-K program, and I purchased a curriculum. Um, I felt like we were pretty prepared and ready to go. Charlie, at the moment, had just turned three, and Annabelle was about to be five. And looking back, and this is a piece of advice to you mamas who have little kids under- the age of six. I wish that I didn't try to force it in the beginning. I wish that like all of that year I had just let them play. And that's all that we had done. And I'm not saying that we had done like a ton of schoolwork, but I, what I am saying is that I felt guilt a lot of the time. So I felt like I needed to like prove that I was doing stuff with them I was, you know, working on flashcards and letters and, you know, simple math problems. And, um, we had purchased the good and the beautiful curriculum, which, you know, most people shout from their rooftops. Um, it's beautiful. It's really affordable because, you know, it comes printed for you and it's printed in color and to print something like that would cost you more at a print shop than to actually buy this curriculum. And just so you guys are aware, at least the last time I was on their website, they were giving all the curriculums away for free. I'm pretty sure they still do that, that the only time you have to pay for it is if you want it sent to you, you know, in a, as a beautiful printed book. But I'm pretty sure that all of their curriculums are online for free, which is amazing. So, you know, we started it, but I felt like there was a ton of resistance and We tried it for a few months and then I just felt like Annabelle's confidence was being crushed. Like it seemed very, I think what happened from what I found with her and all children are different. So just because it didn't work for her doesn't mean it's not going to work for your kids. Um, But there was a lot going on on the preschool curriculum page. There was, you know, phonics, there was math, um, there were little games and it seemed to overwhelm her. So that's when I was, I did a lot of research and I came across my friend, Jennifer's curriculum and Jennifer and I recorded a podcast episode last August together. Um, she is the founder of the peaceful press. She wrote a phenomenal book called mothering by the book. I'm pretty sure it's a bestseller and I shout it to the rooftops. I tell everyone about her book, everyone about her curriculums. Um, I also was a part of her peaceful loop. So ultimately I decided to purchase her kindergarten curriculum, which is called Nourishing Nature. And as a Charlotte Mason style curriculum, it comes as a PDF and you just send it to a print shop and print it out. Um, I will say that I probably didn't need to do this. I sent it out to be put on cardstock, um, which it ended up costing a lot of money. And that's by one thing I wish that I didn't do because um, only some of the things would be nice to have on cardstock, but not everything needs to be on cardstock. So I would have saved quite a bit of money if I had just done it all on regular paper. And I mean, kids, you know, it doesn't need to be on cardstock, I'll say that. But what I loved about this curriculum is that every month there was a nature theme and she would give you a full book list of about I'd say about 20 books and our local library I was not expecting this at all. Our local library had would have about every single one minus maybe a couple of books. Um and if you're not aware of this, if you're with your local library, if you go online and you search for the books that you want i mean they were they literally pull books for us that are um from libraries that are about an hour away from where we live um and they're so quick there's really never any wait for the books like i am just blown away with the resources that we have at our library and the libraries around us and these books that she picks like there's never been a time where I've questioned any bit in this book. And there have been many times that I've just gone to the library with the kids and taken out a few books, brought them home, and then been like, ooh, uh, let me try to gloss over this or let me try to skip the page. But with the books that Jennifer picks out, they're all living books. Um, so they're teaching you stories through um, life experiences. They're teaching you about science, about nature, about math, through stories. And um, it's just such a simple way to to learn rather than learning from like a textbook or, um, you know, a book that just sort of lists things out, but learning through a story. So the kids just soak up these books. Like that book list, the book list alone is worth what you spend for the curriculum. The curriculum was super affordable. I think it was like maybe 50 bucks or something for the whole year. And then you have it for all of your kids, which is amazing. So that was for both girls, this curriculum. Um, And you know, I can use it with Drew too. So they have absolutely loved this curriculum. And even if all we get to are reading the books and then doing a few of the activities, I feel like they have been nourished with a lot of just really wholesome learning. So I'm trying to think of like what to to move on to next. So again, we tried, um, the good and the beautiful, and it just felt too overwhelming for Annabelle. She, I felt like her confidence was really crushed. She was really having a hard time with the way that the phonics, um, The way that they taught phonics. So I immediately stopped it um, after a few months and we purchased this other curriculum. We started using this and they just had this like love for learning and we'd go outside and we'd collect little sticks and rocks and acorns and bring them inside and count them and, you know, decorate the letter A and glue all of the little nature pieces on the letter A or build sticks spelled the letter A with sticks um I remember this one project that I loved there was this book about a beaver and his echo and it was just really a book about friendship it was so beautiful and as I read the book to them um we had taken all the sticks that they collected from outside and they'd um, built these beautiful beaver dams out of that and popsicle sticks. It was just really cool. Like the whole experience, but what I, what I will say with the Charlotte Mason style learning approach is that it's not grab and go. So there is some preparation. And if you don't have a lot of time, if you're, you know, a really busy mom and you're, um, maybe working a, a job, um, or you have a lot of kids in the house, the home, and you guys are just like running from practice to practice, or you're in a lot of different co-ops. It's, it is difficult to like, to create that environment because the Charlotte Mason learning experience from what I've found has really been creating this home environment for your family. And, um, You really need a lot of margin and white space to be able to do that. So what happened was I felt like, you know, I want to give the kids, you know, a lot of social opportunity. Again, I think a lot of it was from my sort of insecurities of people saying like homeschool kids are not socialized, even though I know that's not true because at school, they tell you not to socialize, socialize, right? The only, like, I remember this specifically because I was always told in school um, you're going to be in trouble like you're you have to write the Bible this Bible verse a hundred times after school because you are chatting too much in class or you're going to have lunch detention because you're talking too much in class. School is not for socializing it's only for learning um so because of this insecurity, which again, like I should have just trusted my intuition, trusted my gut, my kids are socialized and I don't need to prove to people that they need to be in a school environment to thrive. So I enrolled them in every, like a ton of co-ops. We were in four different co-ops. And what I found was we were out of the house all the time. And I felt like we were back to that rat race of packing lunches, getting everyone dressed, getting everyone ready, throwing, you know, shoes on and trying to get everyone out the door and like finishing breakfast in the car and then rushing home to make dinner. And here's the thing at the co-ops. Um, these are all parent led co-ops. So there's no, it's not like I'm dropping them off somewhere. I am there and I am volunteering like all of the other parents. And we're putting our time in during the day to pitch in whether it's teaching. So prepping lessons the night before printing stuff out, getting crafts together. Um, and I just felt so overwhelmed and just, like, the spark was gone. It's like, this is not what I signed up for. I wanted this, like, beautiful learning experience at home with my kids. Um, to be able to spend all of this one-on-one time with them and to not feel rushed and to not feel... I was getting so angry and impatient. Because, again, then it's like, I felt like I was coming home and then it was emptying all the backpacks and the lunch boxes And, um, again... You know, this is what many families do when their kids are in traditional school. And I'm saying this because it doesn't have to be that way, right? Like that stress and that feeling of just rushing everywhere. It doesn't, like life does not have to be this way. Um, What The one thing I found, and I had this conversation with my husband the other night, is that most of the families that we homeschool with, Most families are are struggling financially. There's no one in our co-ops that it's just like easy for that. You know, they have an abundance of money, and um, you know, things are just easy. Like most of the families are struggling financially um, because because it takes a sacrifice, right? It's sacrifice for a parent to need to stay home to do this. Um, And yes, some of the families in the co-ops, you know, parents, like they work at night or they'll work on the weekends, the mother, but it's a huge commitment and and responsibility and uh, sacrifice to do this for your family. But it is so worth it. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Um, You know, if we could send our kids back to school, I don't think that I would. I don't I really don't think I would because there's just something so special about getting to spend these young years with them. And will we homeschool forever? I think so. I really do. Um as long as we live in New York, we will have to. But it's a beautiful it's one of those things that I am so grateful that we have no other choice if we live in New York, um that we literally cannot send our children to a public or private school not unless we move out of state now with where we're at in our health journey. And I am grateful for that because I want to be their teacher. I want to be the person that gets to tell them and show them the way first before other people get to them and maybe show them a perspective of learning that I don't want them to see, I want, you know, I want them to be sheltered from for a little bit while they're little. There's certain things that they're teaching in the schools that, you know, it's just let kids be kids. Don't confuse them with things that they don't need to even know about yet. You know, kids, kids need to just be kids. So again, we decided I was very overwhelmed and I shared a little bit of this on one of the last podcasts that I was very overwhelmed with just the hustle and the bustle again and said, you know, this is not why I'm homeschooling. I'm homeschooling because I want to feel patient. I want to have this Charlotte Mason style environment for my kids for learning um, where we get to just naturally learn and it doesn't have to be so structured. But what I will say is that I think that when our kids get older and they grow and they develop and their learning style maybe shifts, their interests shift, I think that, um, you know, the, the way that we teach them is also going to need to shift. So I think that different types and different styles of curriculum will come into play the older that they get and just the season of life that we're going through. So, you know, when we were in all of those co-ops, we couldn't, fully complete the nourishing nature curriculum. Um, but now we're able to just have a little bit more of that spacious time. And for some families, they want a grab and go curriculum and that's great. Um, and we do actually use two sort of grab and go curriculums in addition to the nourishing nature. Um, I felt like Annabelle and well, Annabelle specifically, she really had this interest in math and she wanted to start learning more traditional math. So I bought her a little math curriculum. It's the good and the beautiful. Um, And she really enjoys it. They're 10 minute lessons. And you know, when she feels like she wants to do it, that's when we do it. There's no forcing. Again, she just turned six years old. um, And I don't think there should be any forcing with learning. I do think that we need to give them a little bit of a push. And um, I think it's important that we challenge them a little bit, but I don't think that we necessarily need to force our kids to learn because they will learn in time and they're learning all the time. And it was over Christmas where Annabelle said, I'm ready to read. And again, we had attempted reading when she was a little bit before five. She, yeah. She was a little before five and, um, she just got so overwhelmed. Um, and her confidence just really dropped. So we stopped and I had said to her at that time, Annabelle, when you're ready to, to read, you come and tell me. Mommy will get you a reading program and we'll start together. And she came to me around Christmas and she was ready and she has Zoomed. She has gone so quickly through this reading program. She's ready to move up to the next level already. And I mean, she's only been doing it a few months and it's a year long program. So um, when your child is ready They're going to be ready and don't ever compare to like school standards or just societal standards of, you know, somebody tells you, Oh, my daughter, she's reading, uh, you know, the cat in the hat or whatever, like, and she's four years old. Um, like it doesn't matter. That's great. That's amazing that their daughter is reading at four years old, but that doesn't mean it's going to be your son's story, right? They may not fully read until they're 10 years old and that's okay. Okay. Um, I don't think there ever needs to be any forcing with learning. And I think when we can just let them learn and learn from interest and curiosity and excitement, I think that's when it sticks. And again, nobody ever wants to be forced to do anything. And when you can just allow humans to be curious and learn when they're ready, that's when interests arise. And I remember even, you know, my whole high school experience, I hated learning. I almost dropped out of high school. But then when I got to college, I was like, this is amazing. I get to choose what I want to learn. What? How awesome. And I just soaked up and I am such a learner. I love to learn. I could go to school forever. Like I just I'm a lifelong student. I love to learn. And um, that did not come until I was given the choice to learn whether I and I got I was able to choose for myself what I wanted to learn. Um, And I think that it's important that we can start that with our kids and we don't force. And again, different kids are different levels. So Charlie literally just turned four. She's very young, but she came to me the other day and she said, mom, I'm ready for my reading program. And I said, are you sure I was going to wait till you're were a half like Annabelle? And she said, no, I'm ready. And I bought it for her last week and she is Flying through the lessons, like flying, she's gonna catch up to Annabelle. They're gonna be in the same program next, which is just—it's incredible, you know. It again, each child is different, and we just have to honor that, Um, and we can't force because they have their own gifts and their own talents. Um, So that's pretty much it. That's pretty much where we're at. Again, um, we're going to continue to homeschool. I had said, Oh, I'm only going to do it for kindergarten. And then we'll go from there, but I'm going to keep doing it. I enjoy it. I can't imagine being away from my kids now five days a week, all day long. Uh, it makes me really upset to think of that. Like this time is so precious and special. So I wouldn't have it any other way. And I, my only regret is that I didn't start sooner. I, I you know, and again, I'm not going to beat myself up because I didn't know anything. I didn't know of this until other people started talking about it and sharing with me. And, uh, you know, I'm so grateful that I've had other moms around me who are like, you should just think about it. And I was like, me? No, not me. I'm not one of those homeschool moms. I'm not a patient person. You know, my career comes number one and... Um, you know, I think my kids are better off being taught by other people. That was always my perspective. So if someone tells me like my career is number one and my kids are better off being taught by someone else, I still never give up. I still encourage that person, um, to think outside the box. Maybe this is something for you, uh, because it wasn't something that I could envision myself doing, but again, I wouldn't have it any other way. And I had so many big realizations over the weekend. And maybe I'll do another podcast episode soon to just share with you what I sort of, yeah, what really happened. And I'll just share real quick and I'll keep you on the edge of your seat. But I went to a women's conference at my church and clearly, clearly heard the Lord say, your dream is no longer dead. And for so long, I felt like, I had failed that, you know, we had all of the horrific stuff going on with Charlie and I had like, I was just so broken emotionally going through it and just trying to figure it out that I had to put my business aside. I had to lay it down. And, um, I really felt like a failure because I felt like I failed my last book launch. I didn't show up at all for it. And I had this incredible book that I had written that I was so proud of. Like my third book, I felt like I still feel like is my best book. And it just felt, it feels so aligned with who I am. And I was open about my faith in it, which was, which felt so good. But then to feel like you've completely failed and then to have my book taken out of print but I chose the word the word this year for 2023. My word was restoration. And I really felt God saying, I'm going to restore back what's been taken from you. Um, so I think I might do, maybe I'll do a recording soon about this whole realization I had. But God clearly said to me, Friday night, your dream is no longer dead. So I don't know. And then somebody wrote this little note to me and dropped it to me during the conference and sent me this song. And it said something like, dry bones are rattling. And I listened to the song and it was basically that, like you are you're, you think it's all over, but um, something is awakening and something is coming back. And I just feel so excited for what's to come. So that's what I got for you today. If you have any homeschool questions, please ask me. I've been there before. And here's the thing, I'm still figuring out. My kids are so little still. And this is how I learn is I learn from people who are ahead of me, who are doing it before me, who've been doing it longer. That's how we learn. So thank you guys for listening. Please, if you guys have never purchased my books, go and get one. They're all in print now. Praise the Lord. They are all back in print. So go and get a copy. You are missing out if you have not read my books, especially my latest one, Drawing the Line, How to Create More Peace and Less overwhelming your life. It's such a good book. Yeah, go get it. And I'll be writing more soon. I promise. Hey friends, make sure you subscribe so you can receive the latest episode automatically downloaded wherever you are listening to this show. We also read every single review. So make sure you let us know what you thought about today's episode by leaving a review. Love ya.